1: Hello, everybody. How's it going? Welcome back to another podcast. We are at episode number 10. We're smashing it. Absolutely gassed with the support you guys have been giving me so far. So thank you so much for that. If you want to follow my social media, my Instagram is at howsy.underscore. That's H-O-W-E-S-Y.underscore. Go like it. Go comment. Go share this podcast because I really appreciate it. But welcome to today's episode and I hope you enjoy it. Today, I'm here with my friend Jay. We actually met through having a photo shoot in London one time and we sort of got on really well. We wanted to talk about our travel experience on your podcast.
2: So here we are. Jay, introduce yourself. Yes, yeah, your boy Jay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Your boy's from Miami. <laughs> Come on, Miami, yeah. <laughs> Am yeah, yo. So uh, yeah, big time traveler. Been doing it for about twelve Chim-in. years now. Been all around the world. Come on. And uh, yeah, I met this guy on Instagram. Wanted to basically get a photo shoot. Linked up with them. Bam, bam, boom. Here we are.
1: Standard, yeah. Like that's how the cookie crumbles. Sometimes that's really what it is. But like we re- like I said, we got on really well, and we just wanted to start smashing out a podcast together. So today we're gonna be talking about each other's travelling experiences really, like we're gonna be asking each other questions. So we have both written down questions here to ask each other and hopefully it goes really well. and um, so we're just gonna get right into it and I'm just gonna smash out the questions for you, bro. Prepare yourself because I'm about to let's go, baby. I'm about to analyse you. Let's go, baby. Let's okay, go. Okay, first things first. Obviously if you didn't know it's
2: already it's from the US. Why did you leave? What what got you up to get out in the first place? I mean, come on man, look at America right now. It's yeah. fucking melting from the inside out. And I've noticed this a couple years ago, honestly. It's just it's just fucked up over there, man. Yeah, like, peak. Yeah, from so bad. social dynamics to the economy mm. to politics. Everything mm. is really fucked up. Um and then honestly, I'll never forget this, right? Mm. So I was working at some like boiler room piece of shit job in Miami, right? Yeah. So uh one of the coworkers he turns to me, he's like, Dude, I wish I had your skin. Yeah what the what (laughs) golden right 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 it was some turkish guy yeah um straight from turkey and he goes dude i wish i had your skin i'm like what are you talking about he's like dude if you left america you would see how much they fucking love black people overseas Mm. he's like dude you gotta travel he's like i've been to like sweden where you know we're outside in the club and you know they 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 give free bottle service just simply because they think my friend is a rapper so swear. You've got like a rapper vibe to be fair. You've got a vibe vibe for the rapping. Thanks, man. That's all right. right? And what What about you? you? What got you traveling?
1: Oh, that is such a good question. Well, I'm nineteen years old and essentially like when I was growing up I was like always An adventurous kid like my mum from like a really young age big up linda basically used to let me go out from like 11 on my own like when i was like 11 years old my mum used to literally let me go out with my friends and i used to take my my, myself and my friends like out on our bikes and we used to ride for miles bro like literally like we'd go on adventures all day long i'd go out with two pound in my pocket and never come back like in my area but like i'd only traveled at two miles from my house but like in my mind i was doing like some next safari exp- exploration of the world and like for me like that sort of sparked my interest into like adventure and travel just going out with jordan basket and abby basket they were two friends that i had and we used to just go out and do absolute mad trips like and that for me like without having like the control of my mom to be like no you're not going here like you're not doing that like, it sort of just made me, like, grow up to think, you know what, like, this is really fun going out and and doing this, I used to go to the woods and make dens, and I don't know what it was like for you as a child, but that was, like, kind of what the British culture was, is, like, sort of going out with your friends, making dens, like, all of that standard stuff, so for me, like, that's the reason I started, but, like, I turned 16, and I was, like, mate, I haven't been to, like, really many countries, I'd been to Australia when I was younger, like, but I was like, you know what? Like, I want to do something. Like I'd already been travelling around the UK with my friends. Like we've already spoke about it on the podcast before. And I was just like, nah, like this isn't this isn't good enough. Like I wanna go out and go and experience things. And I had friends from different countries anyway. But I just thought, you know what? Like, let's get it. Like, let's just go. So I just thought I'll book a plane ticket, it was like a twenty quid plane ticket, and then just left, man. And like just literally straight up with my bag, like a hammock and a couple of friends, and like that was it. Like we just went out and just learned. Like, yeah, what was your it? first
2: trip? Where would you go to? What was your first country?
1: hey that is so oh uh where do we go milan italy milan, milan. No way, yeah milan was my first <laughs> trip man like like proper abroad like on my own with a hammock i literally just my mate uh who was it who suggested it i think lewis was like, oh we should go uh this is air addiction was like oh we should go to um we should go abroad like go to like spain or something and i was mm-hmm. like oh yeah and then we looked at it it was like too expensive at the time and then we was just like italy so it was like 11 pound bro or something ridiculous like that And then, like, we just like, yeah, let's just go. And we just ended up dipping to Milan. And that was actually, like, I only started travelling, like, when I was, like, 18. Like, literally straight up, like
2: um and i was just like
1: yeah let's have it like let's just go milan sick where was your first country
2: mine was definitely uh southeast asia i did uh (gasps) you went first
1: country in southeast asia (laughs) yeah
2: man that's initiation man you're not a true backpacker till you go to southeast asia yeah that's my next yeah nice you gotta go so yeah, yeah my homeboy hits me up one day and this is what's so crazy too about americans why another out of a thousand reasons why i had to leave right Americans they're afraid to leave the country. Like really? there is so much brainwashing and so much propaganda, yeah, that you know America's the best country. If you leave, you're going to die. Seriously? Someone's going to get you. Yeah. That's how they teach you. Yeah, yeah. Mad. Yeah, they have that huge propaganda ring going on yeah. over there. So um yeah, my homeboy hits me up. He's like, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I'm going to go to Thailand. Do you want to come? Like, Hell yeah, I yeah, come. get on that right because how it, old were you at this point? I was like early 20s, I honestly okay. can't remember, yeah, but yeah. So, um, so there's two things about Americans, right? The first thing is that either A, they don't have the money, yeah, or B, we don't have enough time with our schedule from work to be able to get off because in yeah. America they only give us two weeks off, right. I never heard of holiday till I came to Europe and they were like, yeah, yeah, going on holiday. I'm like, why do you guys call a holiday? And then they go into the fact that Vacation. you could take a whole month off. Yeah, you know, we take two weeks. So um, he lets me know. I'm like, all right, F it. Let's get it. I literally quit my job. It yeah. was like, screw this. And then I met up with him um, over in Bangkok and then just went all through Southeast Asia, Cambodia, Mad. Vietnam, Malaysia, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, First
1: off the bat, straight up oh yeah oh You're yeah an adventurous kid as well i love it
2: yeah and that's what kind of got me to keep going was like it literally feels like an entirely different planet on that side of the world yeah i'm
1: not surprised man i haven't been yet but i've seen so many videos and clips it just looks unbelievable man like it just looks so nicer.
2: yeah it's freaking sick man i highly so highly recommend it
1: yeah absolutely no that's so cool man honestly that's so sick like i've always wanted to travel to asia in general like it just looks like a whole different breed out there i think so cheap and you can just backpack but like Is it dangerous? Is it dangerous over
2: there? No, definitely not. And that's kind of what inspired me to go. Another reason why is because, okay, if I'm going to, you know, finally leave America where I'm supposedly going to die. Yeah. Let me go someplace where I feel that I will be safe, right? Yeah. So, dude, I'm telling you, I went over there and I literally would see chicks walking outside by themselves 4 a.m. in the morning. No problem. Nobody talking to them. Nobody touching them. Nothing ever at any point at any time during that trip um even to the point where i heard stories of uh like so they have like a really big um what is it called when you do this thing again um uh (laughs) (laughs) what is it called when you stand on the the side of the corner and you put your thumb up like this oh what like what to like to catch a train to 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 catch uh, a car ride with a stranger what oh, hitchhiking. This? Yeah, okay, okay. Hitchhiking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they have like a really big uh, hitchhiking culture there, right? Really? To the point where they have three, four, five-year-olds that hitchhike, dude. Yeah. No way. Yeah. That sounds like Kidnap Central. It, Dude, and they never have a problem with that there at all at any point. Even if there's like a 12-year-old girl that's trying to hitchhike, yeah. it's not a problem at all oh. in Thailand. Yeah. Or Southeast Asia at all. I thought I literally got the complete opposite vibe of that. I
1: thought it was like people get kidnapped and stuff over there. That's so sick. I mean, sure. Anybody can get kidnapped anywhere. You can get kidnapped in London. No one's kidnapping you. (laughs) Maybe me because I'm a little bit skimpy, but there's no chance anyone's kidnapping you. (laughs) Jesus Christ.
2: No way. Fair
1: though. No, that's sick, man. I like that. That's cool. But um, how did your family and friends feel about when you first started traveling?
2: uh i mean yeah that whole brainwashing right they're all even thailand yeah, like anybody knows that thailand is safe man and yeah. even then they still oh be careful they're gonna kidnap you they're gonna hold yeah. you for ransom oh Could you imagine? yeah even have people Straight say like that yeah they're gonna take me and cut out my body and sell my organs on the black market like all this crazy stuff dude really yeah. gets all like that Right, so even though I was afraid to leave the country, my thing with you, dude, that's ridiculous. I've never seen this before, honestly, in all my years of traveling. The fact that you do what I call trailblazing travel or like fringe travel. Yeah. It's completely outside of the commercial norm, right? Which is, you know, getting a hotel or getting an Airbnb and... Yeah, we don't do that. Yeah, your style is completely different, man. You do the whole hammock thing, you do the whole like just you don't even care about the plane ticket you literally just go and you have your hammock and like please go into detail about that man yeah I could never do it
1: no that's fair so basically like we've come up with this culture from like growing growing up like it's not that we don't have money or anything like that but like when I was first starting to travel like I was trying to travel as cheap as possible and I kind of thought like what's the cheapest way that I can make it so that I can travel and not have to spend unreal amounts of money so we already hammocked in the UK quite a lot. Like we buy like camping hammocks. Like they're like 20 pound, about this big maybe, like literally small little hammocks. And we all basically camped around the UK so many times. We've become so normal, like normalized to sleeping in hammocks. Like it's fine, like it's literally standard. So going from the UK, we thought like, why would we need to buy an Airbnb or a hotel? Like that's like considerably expensive. Like That's like one of the most expensive portions of traveling. And I thought, Instead of doing that, why don't I just transfer my skills from the UK abroad and just make sure, like, we're safe enough? Like, at the end of the day, like, I feel the way that I look at it is when you buy an Airbnb or a hotel, you're kind of making yourself grounded to an area. Like, you're stuck in that. If you stay there for three nights, you have to make your way back there every night. But what's crazy about the way I travel is I don't. Like, I'll go from one town in Italy to another, and I won't have to go, oh, I've got to get back there later. I'll literally get a one-way train to, like, a lake from somewhere and be like, oh, come on, I'll just sleep at the lake tonight. Mm -hmm. And then, boom, bounce to the next place. Oh, I'll just sleep there tonight. And it's like almost completely free. Like there's no, oh, I have to go back to the town centre to sleep here or have a shower. It's like straight... Boom, 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 bounce, bounce, bounce. And in doing that, like, you have no restrictions. Like, wherever you end up in the evening is where you sleep, like, straight up. Like,
3: yeah, it's so, crazy,
1: man. Yeah, so we basically take our hammocks and we use sleeping bags as well. So I've got a lovely sleeping bag, like a nice down sleeping bag. Like, it's like minus nine comfort level. And I literally just take that and a hammock and it all packs up to about this big, maybe. Chuck it in the bottom of my bag. Like, that's my house. Like, I literally just come back from like traveling about. Um, Four weeks ago, like yeah, about a month ago, from traveling like for a month in Europe, like I I went to Milan um, twice. I went to Spain in three different provinces. So I went to Barcelona. I went to Gran Canaria, and I went to Malaga. Um, and then I went to Austria, uh, Slovakia, and like the whole time, like I didn't pay for a single a single thing. Like, I literally wow. hammock the whole time. So for a month straight, I lived in a hammock. Wow. And the only issue I found from sleeping in a hammock after a month is I sleep on my side, so I'm like this. Mm-hmm. So like. After a month, like, where I was crunching up like this so much, I had a bit of pain in one of my shoulders. But if you sleep on your back in a hammock, like, I had more, better night's sleep in that hammock than I ever would at home. No like, way, man. Without a doubt, bro. Like, I get better sleep in a hammock. It's, like, naturally, it curves your spine better than a bed would. Yeah. So, like, you just, like, curve in and, like, wait, I'm, like, a pro at sleeping in a hammock now. Like, there's a way you sleep in it. And I've just found out how perfect it was. But, like, in terms of where we sleep, sleeping like that is really, like, it's confusing because like, some nights you'll find somewhere unbelievable to stay. like mm. I'm not gonna lie to you. I've like found my way into hotels that are being built and slept inside the, the penthouse suite mm. like with showers, hot tubs, like the lot and just slept in the bed. <laughs> and I've also slept in a dark dingy alleyway in the middle of like Spain or something. like their options that have all happened and it really does depend. So when you're like taking the risk of traveling like that, you take the risk of like sleeping in bad places, which is like, it's a pretty mad one. But yeah, like would you ever, would you ever try it? Like would you ever have No I don't know, it? man. <laughs> nah. what's, what's your go-to? Is you hostel? Yeah, and all definitely that sort of thing?
2: Uh, hostels, definitely uh, Airbnbs, uh, hotels. I'm not a huge fan of at all, but yeah, yeah. Airbnbs and hostels. I really like hostels because, you know, you're definitely meeting people from all around the world. It's it's a really good experience. Every I'd love to try time. that. Yeah. Here's my thing that blows my mind away about what you do, right? So yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm on Instagram, I see your story, and I literally saw you pitch a hammock at the top of a roof.
0: Yeah.
2: At any point is there any fear that you have in terms of like you know some homeless guy like tripping out on like like crystal meth or something like that and like you know you're in spain and they don't speak english yeah, and yeah, like yeah. he's like trying to communicate to you that this is a surf like get the fuck out of here yeah. <laughs> like, Mate, what is your biggest fear is that that like happens with that yeah you're yeah. tripping man that's that's me you're tripping <laughs>
1: no i get that you know and you're not even wrong like that's happened before like with hammock in like we sleep at rooftops are a really good place to sleep right because the rooftops we get on normally are completely inaccessible to the normal people like even homeless
2: people can't get on a lot of some rooftops that we've been how on. How do you how do you find that? Like how do you scout that? How do you you're walking let's say you're walking through yeah. Barcelona. How yeah. do you say okay, that's the building that we're going to go up the top to?
1: Yeah. Do you want to see like a general representation? Yeah, sure. Oh, that looks looks all right. (laughs) Bro, literally, like, being in the climbing scene, being in the urbex community for, like, seven years now, you just know what's climbable. Like, you'll look at a certain building and think, okay, that's got this type of rooftop. Like, you'll get buildings with, like, pointy roofs. You'll get, like, office blocks. And then sometimes you just see, like, more ruggedy, like back street roofs that are just easy to get on but no one would really consider it and like through experience it's just so easy to look at and be like okay calm but at the same time like you might go up 20 roofs and the doors might not be open to the roof or you can't find a way up and like i've had like the first night I spent in Italy actually could not find a place to sleep whatsoever. No way, like no way. I ended up sleeping in a courtyard of a, like no a way. flat, like flats. Like there was two trees and we just were so tired. It was like 3am. We'd been walking around all day with big, like heavy bags. And like, we literally went there. We can't sleep anywhere. Like we literally just found a tree in the middle of a courtyard. There were people all around us. Just weird, like speaking Spanish. There were homeless people around, but like I have a hammock that has a net, like a zipped net over the whole top of it. And that single zip, although it's just a little physical zip that could easily be unzipped, makes me feel 10 times safer. Like, straight up, I zip that up, my bag's in the the hammock with me. Like, no one can reach into my hammock, grab it and run, like you might think. But, I just feel 10 times safer with that. So if they want anything to rob me, they'd have to unzip it and get to me then. And by the time they're in that, there's five of us, Like there's five of us in hammocks. We've all hopped out, Mm -hmm. hammock gang, just...
2: Right, <laughs> just right. Smashing right. it up. <laughs> but let's say like you're at the top of a roof, right? Yeah. How do you how do you pitch a hammock on the top of a roof of a building? Or That's do you so just a good question? Or you just do sleeping bag there? Like how does that work?
1: So mostly like on top of buildings they have like equipment that is used for radio equipment like a lot of the time so in doing that they've got these metal poles and stuff like i can no hammer up. i've hammocked man. up on so much on a roof like roofs aren't flat whatsoever they're not flat on the top normally You're not afraid of brain they've damage
2: got, from like uh, antennas or anything like that
1: <laughs> they're not normally that bad i've only ever done one climb that had um bad radio frequencies and it was a pylon in, in Dover I don't know if you know where Dover is it's like a south south coast and like it was like the uh, it was a broadcasting station for the whole of Southeast. Mm-hmm. and I was up there for half hour and I had a headache for four days after oh, like it was man. the worst decision of my life I shouldn't have done it it hurt my head so much but anyways on roofs yeah like so there's like little points on a roof like sometimes it's just little hooks that are so convenient like I've hammocked around like bricks before mm-hmm. like around a brick like chimney or something like honestly the straps are so long you can wrap it around anything but to go back to you about homeless people homeless people don't bother us like if anything they see us as other homeless people like as long as i don't get my camera out and start like waving it about they just oh, look at us like we're dark okay. and dirty as well like homeless people stick together most of the time okay, and if they did try to rob yeah. us they're getting spammed like straight up just bangings like donezo so okay
2: what about police in a foreign country man like you're in italy wow. you're sleeping on some roof wow just slipping the
1: bang out that actually happened on one of my, my second night traveling yeah um i was sleeping on an abandoned building in mm. Well, in Milan, um, okay. there was a whole abandoned apartment. We was going to mm. sleep inside the apartment, but it was like, all the, it was dusty and there was nowhere to sleep. It was smelt in there, like we couldn't be bothered. So we slept on the roof, right? So we were chilling, set up hammocks. I was literally in my hammock, about to go to sleep. Eyes were about to close. I hear, donk, donk, a door opening. I'm like, mate, what is that? And I look down and we're all like being dead silent. And we see torches in the building, like in the abandoned apartment. And we're like, what is that? Like, is that another explorer? and then we see like these officers with guns and stuff like walking through the building like like looking around the what building country was and this, that. Again? this was in uh, Italy oh my god um and we literally we can't get our hammocks down quick enough there's no way we can get everything down and put it all away before the police <laughs> get to us and then we hear the roof door go boom and then <laughs> I'm hiding behind a little chimney like this they're looking at all of our hammocks and I'm hiding like this and I'm like they have seen everything like I'm done so I just stand up and they're like ah, ah, like running towards me like hella stressing man like straight up and I'm just like uh English 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 and they're like stressing out hard man there's only one guy that speaks remote amount of English and he's just like what are you doing up here like are you rubbing like are you breaking in we're like no no like we're just we're just like sleeping here and this was during covid oh, man. man they we're not allowed to sleep on the street it's past curfew like right. there's a curfew in Spain at this point in italy at this point so they're stressing hard they're like you can't sleep here where are you living we're like oh we had to blag on the spot i was hella tired saying that like i was sleeping with a friend at a friend's house and then like um we had to go and then like he he fell asleep so we couldn't get back in Mm -hmm. and like we was blagging it hard um and then eventually they held us for like 40 minutes just sitting there we didn't know what was gonna happen we thought was gonna get fucked and then they just went all right calm took pictures of our passports and was like you you need to not be here like go like find somewhere to sleep and not here And mate, it was, yeah, it was mad. Dude,
2: that's crazy. Yeah, and you wonder why I would never do that, right? Yeah. Fun though, character building. It was character building, bro. It was actually calm. But like, yeah, like
1: straight up, that was just like a mad experience. But like, In terms of, like, your favorite countries and stuff, like, I've had a few, like, of my top 10 countries. I've looked, well, I've looked at, like, top three countries and thought, yeah, that's, like, my favorite. For you, like, what's your favorite travel destination?
2: Definitely China, man. You've been to China? Yeah. (laughs) Freaking China, dude. I'm gonna probe your brain
1: and just take all your memories for myself.
2: (laughs) China, man. Uh, Specifically Hong Kong, man. Yeah. I was completely blown away by Hong Kong. So, uh, yeah, th- at this point, I was in Cambodia, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, I met up with these German dudes, and these German guys, they com- took a complete liking to me. Freaking love me. Really? Way, leave me alone. Yeah. They were like, oh, yeah, American, American. Oh, my God. Like, Loving I was like, it. yeah, I was like a cool token for them. It was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, yeah, we're going to go to China. Do you want to come? I'm like, oh, so you want to fly from Cambodia to China? Sure, why not? Yeah. So uh, we booked the flight. And then we get out and then I'll, I'll never forget this. So I'm like sitting in the airport just like, oh, my God, I'm going to see like rickshaws. And yeah. This is going to be ghetto and there's going to be all these rice paddy stores. <laughs> and I had such a ill misconception about China. Yeah. So then I get there and I get off at the airport. Most spectacular airport I've ever seen. Really? Just, is it amazing. Oh, my God. Just technologically advanced. Just clean. Really? Very, very nice. That? Oh, my, I was completely mind blown, man. Yeah. Out of all the places I've been to, that was probably the only place that I've had culture shock just because it was just so far from what I expected. Yeah. So we get out the airport and then we take a taxi and then we're taking the taxi and the city, dude, is like... Dude, it's leaps and bounds beyond any city I've ever seen. In when my did you go? How old were you? Oh, this was like mid-20s too, I think. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. mid-20s for sure. So yeah, just... Like the lights, and uh, like at eight o'clock, they shut down the city. They project holograms into the sky. Yeah, it's like this whole crazy, yo, it's crazy shebang that they do out there. Um, the people were awesome. The food is spectacular. Yeah, it was by far the most expensive food I've ever paid for, hands down, without a doubt. Really, everything is going to be at least a minimum of twenty U.S. dollars, twenty five. British palace. I'm
1: so sure. wrong about Hong Kong. I thought everything would be no. like cheap street oh, food. Oh, no, 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 no. What? No, 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 you know no, what? No, no, we no, was no. actually, me and Tom were actually going to go to Hong Kong, but we ended up getting cancelled because of um the riots. Yeah. There were riots going on. Yeah, completely finessed Yeah. I did not know that. That yeah. would have been a culture shock for me as well. hundred oh,
2: percent. Freaking ridiculous, dude. Freaking ridiculous. Expensive. I did not think that was. Yeah. So we even like, we're walking down the street and then, we see Pizza Hut, right? Of course, like, man, what the? F- why, why why, would we have any inclination to go to a Pizza Hut, right? Yeah. Pizza Hut, you know, you can get that back at your home country. But then we see how there's, like, a concierge service outside of the Pizza Hut. <laughs> like, what the? <laughs> okay, so now we're intrigued, right? And then we look at the awnings. It's like gold trimmings. and yeah. It looks really nice. So we get up to the concierge and we're like, okay, uh, what's the menu like? And then we look at the menu, and on there is caviar. A pizza hot? Yes. <laughs> I've never had caviar, man. Let alone pizza hot caviar. Right. Like, that's how stush and how uh, posh, as you guys say. Yeah, posh. posh yeah. yeah. Like, it's all like super, super posh, man. What? So we get in, and there's like, you know, there's crystal vases and like, organic, alkaline water that they're serving us. It was really, really upscale Pizza Hut. And that's what? that's how Hong Kong really is, like from there is no i guess red light poor district in hong kong there's so much money being washed through there it's absurd everything is top-notch scale
1: yeah that's cool actually that's funny because um i studied geography at school and we learned this term called glocalization which basically means like how businesses adapt their their menus and their ideas based on a certain country like in india they have like muktika masalas Mm -hmm. like that's kind of hong kong's thing isn't it it's just fucking amazing like mm-hmm. that's literally all it is like, that's crazy man yeah. I find that that's pretty cool
2: yeah it was pretty sick yeah, yeah huge 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 fan of Hong Kong um it sucks when you're like six feet though because all the rooms are really really small I wouldn't know dude it's <laughs> I <wouldn't> know, bro. <laughs> yeah everything is crazy crazy small in there you're like super super squished yeah and uh yeah super good experience man honestly everything just clean really nice yeah. there's no like gum stains on the floor i And, like, the city's, like, a couple million people there. I forget what the population is. It's definitely a couple million there. Like, it's comparable to London, to New York, uh, to Melbourne, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Dude, the whole time I was there, Hmm. I only saw one homeless person swear yeah everybody works there like they have like is it hammockable op- like do you reckon i would be able to hammock? It? oh yeah for
1: sure okay. yeah yeah <laughs> that's my only option
2: yeah. so yeah one day i did get brave and uh, we were at uh some hotel or whatnot and i was with some germans that were kind of into like the yeah. urbex thing and they're like, yeah, let's go to the top of the roof. I'm like, okay. And yeah, super, super, super easy to do all that jazz. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there was no homeless people there at all. Uh, except the one the one homeless person I saw was literally because they didn't have any hands. Yeah. And um, they were on the floor like literally begging as compared to like the homeless people in our countries, right? They're just like, if you don't give them money, they're like screaming at you, yelling yeah. at you. Yeah, yeah, There is like humility. Like they're actually on their knees like begging. It's pretty crazy, man.
1: Oof, I bet that's like, that's like really emotional, isn't it? Like, I imagine that's probably something like, wow. Yeah,
2: like, it was definitely mind blowing. Like yeah, but it really just speaks to how amazing and how progressive the country is, right? For you mm-hmm. to have such a huge megaopolis such as Hong Kong and to literally only see one homeless person in the entire, it's it's ridiculous, man. It's They're, they're definitely doing something right. They're definitely on the right trend. Yeah. Um, even like little things when you're walking through the city. And they have, like, these huge parks just, just just, to be there. Yeah. And they do it just for the simple fact of they're trying to make sure that their people are happy, right? Mm. So um, a uh, little crazy fact, Hong Kong has one of the highest suicide rates, and it's because they're so jam-packed. So a lot of countries would have been like, oh, screw it. For example, like New York. New York has one of the highest suicide rates, too, yeah. specifically Albany. yeah. They don't care They're like whatever Our economy is good We'll keep it moving Yeah Hong Kong Once again speaks to the progression Of the city right They see that And they actually did something about it So what they did Was they started building Like these little mini parks Yeah You'll be walking like a couple blocks And then Literally in the middle of nowhere There's just like this park That's there And you'll see people doing Tai Chi and, Yeah yeah uh, Kites And Starbucks And it's It's gardens It's It's crazy yeah. man
1: That makes me wonder as to why, like, there were so many riots and stuff going on. I don't know the exact details of the riots, but for, like, such a progressive era, you'd think that, like, there's less likely to be something like that, which is quite an interesting thing to think about.
2: Yeah, definitely. Politics. Uh, This is going to sound so bad, dude. This is going to sound so bad. All right. So one of the coolest things that I like about traveling to these countries is you're so ignorant to the politics, right? So fair. Right? Such a valid point, bro. Right? I
1: completely understand. Am I wrong for no, saying that? No, literally not wrong whatsoever. I thought he was going to say something bad. I was like, I'm about to get cancelled. No, literally straight up. Bro, how am I supposed to know what their, their political parties are saying? Like, unless you research it, it's like, like it's pretty it's pretty mad you know what now you say that is because certain things in certain countries like you have to be careful because like right. something that we'd consider normal in day-to-day life is like so different in other places like i think i've read something once where like burping in a different country is like considered right. like really bad like it's like something the worst thing you can do and like that's really interesting you said that actually because yeah like i don't research countries do you do you before no, you go no, like look up their no, like
2: localisms no 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 chance
1: mate <laughs> Like, I need to do that, like, actually. Like, I should probably think about that because I could say something that would, like, get me killed or something like I know, that. No,
2: it's crazy, man. So, going back into the politics, right? So, you yeah. go into these countries, you have no clue what's going on there in any yeah. way, shape, or form. So, yeah, I had like a buddy of mine, shout out to Ben, right? Yeah. Um, he's in Nicaragua, and that's a crazy place to travel to. Yeah. Like, people are terrified. The people are already afraid to leave out of the US. This yeah. guy goes to Central America. Yeah. So, he's in Nicaragua, he's on a bus. And he says, all of a sudden, these guys came out with machetes, and they're all, like, wearing masks, and they're, like, banging down the bus. (laughs) They're speaking Spanish. He can barely speak Spanish, and they're beating down the bus with machetes. So it's like, yeah, it is like a double entendre, right? Yeah. Um, You know, you don't know what's going on in the country, but at the same time, I guess it would be in our best interest to kind of look. You know Yeah, yeah, it'd be a good idea. Yeah, for sure.
1: Okay, fair enough. Like for me, like if I had to pick like a best travel destination, it's such a hard one. I haven't been, I'm not as well traveled as you in terms Mm -hmm. of like outside of Europe, like traveling. But for me, like I really enjoyed Italy. Like I, I think I've enjoyed it most because where I do parkour and free running, um i actually knew a community of people out there Mm -hmm. so i knew all of like the parkour milan lot and when i got there they were just so like nice to us like they took us around like they showed us all of like the spots that you wouldn't consider touristy like they took us to the best places like we got to see their culture like they'd have us around their houses to cook food and stuff for us Mm -hmm. um and they'd take us to like all these different like really like unique places to them and it was almost more like an emotional attachment to the country because of the people we were meeting Mm -hmm. um so shout out to these they're probably listening right now actually a few of them do but um yeah like straight up it was just like completely different like going to someone's house and seeing how they live and how they they do everything they were like cook me pasta and stuff nice. um it was just completely different for me like i just loved it man the atmosphere was beautiful admittedly the police weren't as nice there um but like in general like i just loved it like i don't have you been to italy no i haven't it's on my list yeah 100 percent.
2: here's a question i have for you definitely yeah. do yeah. all right so all right. So you're definitely into this like trailblazing travel, right? Yeah. French travel, something that's definitely mm-hmm. different from the whole commercial route, right? Yeah. Do you think you could have done this 10 years ago before Google Maps, before, you know, hostel world, before, uh, you know, having GPS and mm-hmm. maps and this and, uh, Ubers and taxis on, on from, you know, from your fingertips, do you yeah. think you could have done this 10 years ago as easily
1: straight off the top of my head? No.
2: Straight up. I literally rely
1: heavily on my phone. Like when I'm traveling, Google Maps, using online forums to find locations, Mm -hmm. uh, contacting people to go and stay with them, to meet people, like to look on Google Earth, to like scout different locations. Without that, I think I'd be on a whole different ballgame of traveling. What do you think
2: it would have looked like 10 years ago? Because what you're doing honestly is... The real definition of traveling. Yeah. Like you're, you're you're going someplace and you're just figuring it out on the fly. Yeah, that is real traveling. Yeah, I guess it how is. Yeah. Would it, how would it have looked 10 years ago if you were to try and do this? I if think it would be extreme. a struggle, man. It would yeah. be
1: a straight extreme 10 years ago would be like you turn up maybe with like you pre-wrote some directions on a bit of paper or something like that. Or maybe like while you, you could visit like a cafe with an old computer or something like that. But like, I don't know. I feel like it'd be so much harder to do. Like I rely on social media for travel so much man like i have a network of people that i'll contact before i go traveling and be like yo like can i come see you can you show me this that the other so no mate honestly i wouldn't i don't think i'd be able to do it and if i did do it it'd be a big learning curve like i don't think i'd nearly see as much as i done. like even down to like getting train times and stuff like looking at train times i use my phone for every- this is my hub while i travel yeah. without this thing i'm done literally done like i'll be lost i don't know how to get to the airport i wouldn't yeah. have any of my tickets i wouldn't have anything like i'd have to rely on other people of which i don't speak the native language normally to do it. And I don't think it'd be as possible as it is, to be honest, straight up. I think that's
2: genuinely the truth. Right. Would you ever do it as like a challenge? like it's like like you know it's a good one five years from now you get like dumb bored of this crap and you're just like what's the Move next on. level yeah
1: Mate, yeah 100 i'm always open to new things i'd love that i think that like even i'd film it i'd do it you'll yeah, do a documentary jail- on it or something like com- like just completely off grid, off-grid traveling right put my phone in my bag for an emergency purpose and just re- i think that that would force you to enjoy the culture more as well mm-hmm. because like you'd have to find more to do in a more compact area you'd have to talk to locals you'd have to learn languages better i think they're doing that would just be like a really easy way to do it but like yeah i think that's no, that's a sick question i'm, I'm gonna move on to my next question for you actually because mm-hmm. i think this one's really important for people and it's a question that i get asked a lot and it's it's how do you become financially free or have enough money to travel in the first place how do you find that
2: right um, i'm gonna say something arbitrary like forex right yeah no i'm gonna i'm gonna give the real deal man yeah I think, please do i think a lot of stuff that's being perpetuated on the internet is you know that whole entrepreneur wave, right? Of like, you know, learn how to trade Forex or yeah. like some multi level marketing stuff or, you know, yeah. make a website and then, you know, in 30 days you're going to be a millionaire. Yeah. Like, dude, I burned all of my 20s trying all that crap. Yeah. I tried so much stuff. Yeah. And not to say that it doesn't work or it's not possible. Yeah. The barrier of entry to that stuff is ridiculous. Ridiculous. It, yeah. I don't want to say it's near impossible, but it's really, 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 really difficult. Yeah, I, mean, I completely agree. Yeah, I mean there's there's a reason why we only hear about these success stories of like, you know, Bezos and uh Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. And it's it's such a finite possibility of this happening to you, you creating something and then it completely blowing up in your base. Couldn't beef. agree anymore. Right. So um to be frank with you, I kinda got to a point where I was just honest and I was like, okay, all right, so I'm not gonna be a multi-million-dollar, you know, forex trader making yeah. like two, three thousand dollars in fifteen minutes. Yeah, I'm not gonna be able to create some multi-level marketing craziness. Let me just be real and find a freaking job. Yeah, and that's what I did. Is I I leveraged my degree, my skills, and I got myself into a job into a position that allowed me to be, a, uh, you know, uh, location independent. Yeah. Meaning that I don't have to be locked and chained to a freaking desk and Yeah, that's one
1: of the best ways for sure.
2: Yeah, it's 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 the smartest way in my opinion, because what that's also gonna do is allow you to save money and to be solidified. Yeah. Right? Because if you keep trying a bunch of these hair brain ideas, which I still support. If you could do it, do it. Yeah. But on the flip side, you need stability. Yeah. You know what I mean? There is going to be a point where you need to have an emergency fund of like, you know, five racks or 10 racks inside of your bank account. Yeah. You got to have that. Yeah. You know, there's there's a certain uh energy about yourself when you're traveling and you're knowing that you don't have to be like shit out of luck if something crazy yeah. happens to you. Right. Yeah. So. Just to answer your question more directly, I would say without a doubt, just get a job, get a real job, especially with everything going on right now. Yeah, it's not that hard to find a legit telecommute job. Yeah, where you're not being paid, you know, minimum wage.
1: Yeah,
2: there's so many jobs. Like if you look on like a Japanese job board, yeah, they're dying for someone that's a native English speaker where they're yeah. gonna pay you a really nice uh, salary every year to do that, and they yeah. don't care where you're at, what you're doing. As long as you provide the deliverables when they ask it, they really do not care what you do. So, I mean, that's my advice, right? Is to get a serious job, like a legit job, and then from there kind of work on your other things on the scenes, right? If you're doing video editing, do that on the side and kind of wait till you build up the clientele. Yeah, And then after about... I would say a minimum of, what, two years? Let's see if you're even a video game streamer and you make money off of donations. I'll give it about two years of you doing that successfully before you're like, okay, middle finger to my real job. Do that for two years. You know, Let yourself build up that income, build up the fan base. And then when you get your brand to a point where any product that you drop, they're going to buy it, then that's when you can really be like, okay, middle finger, corporate world, I'm going to do my own thing. What about you? You freaking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, mate, I was just thinking the whole time, like
1: your view on that is so much like more like progressive than mine. Like this is the difference. I am in the stage where I'm like at that entrepreneurial level in my life where what I'm doing now is like researching and basically doing everything I can to find a way of, Having all these passive incomes, right? Be, I'm honestly I'm entrepreneurial. Like that's how I feel about things. I want to I want to have a lot of money. I want I don't want to just be stable. I want to take risks and earn a lot of money. That's where I'm going with with my life. However, what you're saying about the whole job situation, I do agree with as well because we live in a society now, and I've spoke about this before, where everybody thinks that overnight success is a right. straight up thing. Like, um, it's actually comes from a lot of like uh, platforms like TikTok, Instagram, right. who who see and show that people get famous overnight and. For me, like, I'm woke to that. I know that's not the case, and I don't rely on overnight fame. What I'm doing now what I feel now is like I'm building foundations for future success. What I'm doing is building up my network. I'm building up my people who enjoy what I do. So essentially my goal is to be able to be completely free, passive income. I can work from my laptop. Mm -hmm. Maybe that could be through e-commerce. That could be through um, online marketing. That could be through even just shooting photos of people in different countries. But for me personally, like I'm not relying all entirely on that. But
2: Right, and that's that's honestly why I respect you so much, man, is because... A, you're starting early. Yeah. And B, you got it figured out. And what I mean by you getting it figured out is you figured out how to make it work, and that's consistency, yeah. right? Yeah. Straight up. Right. Because a lot of people that think they can just release a piece of content is going to go super viral, and then no, chance, you know, man. their life is going to be amazing from that point <laughs> forward. But you have it figured out in terms of being consistent, releasing yeah. a piece of content every single week. Yeah. You know, actually garnishing that, uh, that fan base. So I think without a doubt, you are moving in the right direction as compared to a lot of other 19-year-olds, right? They're like, okay, I'm going to go on TikTok, I'm going to do the same dance that everybody else is doing, and I'm going to be overnight success, Yeah, like 2
1: million views by the morning. Yeah, I don't agree. But you know what I find with that as well is when people do get overnight fame, they do not know how to handle it, single bit. Like they they get this fame, they're like, wow, now I'm under a spotlight. And that's when their mental health starts dropping. They start doing things rationally. Like for me, I've built up, like I always use this uh, this analogy for people where I say like, why would you build a a house on sand? Like, right. you need to be able to put all of the groundwork in, build the foundations for you to be successful in the future. And that just comes through maturity. Like, how many immature girls and boys do you see becoming famous but then not having a clue and they have no street smarts on how to do things? For me, like, my maturity building now is even calling clients and being fine with talking to people all over the world, like being able to talk to people who are 30, 40 years old, who have years more experience than me, like being able to come up to someone in a conversation and talk to them and not feel nervous. Like that is what you need to build up for, from a young age. Is like your ability to network, your ability to talk to people, your business skills, your even like people my age don't even do their own docs appointments, man. Like they get their mums and dads know, to do their crazy. own docs appointments. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, to start, my advice to you guys to start by get like coming towards financially free is straight up just start working on yourself as a person. Build up your foundations, get right. better at what you do, become mature, and then when you're at that point, start building your house. And that's when you start releasing things and showing that you're doing things. Maybe you've got enough money to buy a nice car. That's one of your walls. Maybe you've got nice money to start traveling. That's one of your walls. But first, get all of that foundation laid and that's the best advice I can give you for that.
2: Right, I agree 100%. Like, yeah. uh, I think that there's always three... Maybe no, I would say four. There's always four sectors that you can be really, 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 really financially well off, right? You have A, the traditional route, medical, right? You become a doctor. Yeah. B, another traditional route, you get your law degree. Yeah. Now the other two are the kind of other directions, Gray areas, right? Yeah. Right. One would be sales. Yeah. Another one is entertainment. Yeah. Whether that's making movies, photography. Yeah, like et creative industry almost. Right. Yeah. Podcasts, etc., etc., etc. Yeah but um that's i took option c i did sales yeah so i i you know i went to college i got a degree i did all the you know what you're supposed to do in the rat race yeah and then um there has to be that point where your morals come into place right so that's why i kind of experienced i got into telecommunications and i was supposed to do like um uh you know mtv and all that other like bbc and behind the scenes with you know movies and yeah. tv shows I'll never forget I was on the set of a reality TV show and the executive producer calls in while we're filming and he goes there's not enough sex there's not enough cursing we need you to tell these kids to start cursing and talk about sex at that point I was like yep not doing this and then from there I went back to Miami and I got into sales man I was doing like boiler room sales like complete trash jobs man yeah really crappy jobs but I'll never forget this. It was this chick named Vanessa. And, yeah. you know, she was, like, you know, the archetypal, like, you know, like, not what you expect, dude. Yeah, <laughs> but what I mean by that is, like, she had, like, uh, braids. She had tattoos all over her body. She was a huge woman. But, dude, yeah. when she got on the phone talking to some guy in the middle of Kansas... She sounded like the sexiest woman on the face of the planet. Really? She sounded like she was like laying on the beach and just like <laughs> nonchalantly talking to this dude in Kansas and convincing him to buy whatever products. And this chick was making, you know, two, three, four thousand dollars a week. Yeah. Mind you, I just busted my ass for you four years getting yeah. a degree. And this chick in the middle of a piece of dump office in the middle of Miami, making two to four thousand dollars a week. Yeah. At that point just to go back to what you're saying right is to build value whatever segment of life that you're heading towards yeah gain the skills you know do whatever you have to do to add value onto yourself and you'll eventually make it and just to kind of piggyback right so the name of your podcast you're gonna die right i think that's what's so crazy about um humans right we're not built to have these overnight successes or to even have fame on a level yeah like, it's like, you know, if you look into, like, uh, Freud and a lot of that other psycho- uh, psychology stuff, right? Yeah. Um, you know, that inflated ego from being famous is not healthy. Yeah. It's not Shrey what Hall. humans are designed to have. Yeah. So, um, uh, we talked about this before, right? It's like, uh, so what they used to do back in the day, for example, like, a famous war general, you know, he fought this crazy battle for rome he's you know he slayed the army he's took their resources he changed their economy he took some of their whatever so he's super super famous right comes back to rome and of course there's people in the middle of the streets are clapping they're going crazy marry my daughter they're throwing (laughs) you know rose petals in the middle of the streets yeah What's different is back then they had a guy that literally they would hire that would stand behind the Roman general and remind them, you're going to die.
3: Yeah,
1: that's mad.
2: Yeah, you're going to die. And that's what Straight the const- yeah, that constant reminder of that you're gonna die.
1: That's mental. Yeah, mate. That's I literally had to take a second. That's actually great. So there was a guy literally say like reminding him of that information.
2: Right, basically keep their uh, ego. Yeah, in keep check, him right? humble right you're gonna die like, like imagine day, yeah yeah imagine like you know you're drake and you're like you know in front of millions of people or whatever at a concert let's yeah this exaggeration right but yeah. let's say you're drake you do speak in front of millions of people you're at a concert with thousands of people right more realistic you have know, these people like worshiping you going crazy and then you have someone that goes you're gonna die yeah straight
1: up's gonna like ground you isn't it
2: right you're gonna die one day. You are gonna die.
1: Yeah, that is crazy. I mean, talking of like grounding experiences in general, like I know I've been traveling a few times and and things have happened to me where I've been like, oh shit, that was a bit close. Like, have you ever had any like proper like near death or scary experiences while traveling that you've been like, wow, like that's changed my mindset a little bit? Oh man, where do I
2: start, right? Swear, oh, I'm gas. Hold up. <laughs> where do I start, right?
0: Need <laughs> so, the best one or
2: or for you, I don't mind. All right, uh, the one where I was like. Uh... I've had two where I was okay, I've had two where I was like pretty sure I was going to die. Yeah. Um, let's go with the the hardcore one, right? Okay. Uh, so I meet this chick, I'm in Colombia. I meet this chick, of course. That's how the story always starts. <laughs> you meet a chick in Colombia. So, it's a good start, man. <laughs> Chasing the pum. Right. <laughs> right. So I meet this chick in Colombia and um so we meet up. The first plan was to go to the movies, right? Yeah. Dude, first red flag was as we're in the taxi going towards the movies, she is like, oh, let's go here instead. I'm like, where? And she points to like this restaurant. So I was like, okay. Oh. And then she she jacks me in by saying, yeah, we can get drunk. So I'm like, oh, okay. No problem. Right? right? I'm down for, for a good time. You know, get a little drink, drink. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> yeah. <dude>. Right? <laughs> So um, uh, we tell the taxi car driver, yeah, mm. pull over. We're gonna go over to this restaurant. Mm. So we get to the restaurant, and then off rip, we're looking at the menu. She's of course ordering the most expensive thing. Another red flag, right? She's ordering like the prime, rib. The mad one, yeah, yeah. You know, imported from Italy and wagyu beef, right? Yeah, literally. She's trying to get a chicken and a dickie. So <laughs> <laughs> <what> she wants. <laughs> right so she orders uh the most expensive steak on the menu yeah she orders like a bunch of drinks and then i'm like okay whatever so then like the the, the bill comes it's like 180 dollars, us dollars which in america 180 dollars for dinner for two is already ridiculous yeah sure imagine in colombia where the the differential between the economy like dude yeah. 180 That's is so ridiculous much, yeah. so i'm like okay whatever 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 okay cool So then we hop back into the car, we get another taxi, and then she's like, oh, I need to go over to a friend's house to pick something up. I'm like, okay, what do you need to pick up? And then she's like, oh, you know, I just want to pick up some bud. And I'm already like, that's always like one of my number one rules about being in another country, right? You want nothing to do with drugs in any way, shape or form. That's just me. Yeah, it's a good idea though. You know, you don't seek it, you don't look for it because that's when you kind of get into like really shady situations that you can't get out of. Yeah. So I'm already like, and yeah, she's basically like, yeah, I need this bud. Yeah. Uh, Give me the money. So then she starts screaming at me. She starts hitting me. She's like asking for like $100 worth of like, like Colombian pesos. I'm like, are you freaking crazy? I'm like, no, I'm not giving you that crap. So she starts hitting me. She starts getting all physical. And then I'm like, okay,
1: I would have it off of her. I'd knock her out.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I'm not doing that in a foreign country, dude. Are you crazy? Straight up. (laughs) bang, Donzo. She's out the scene. (laughs) Slapping me for peas like that. Are you crazy? (laughs) No way. No way. No way. So, uh, yeah. So I give her half of it. Yeah. And then, um, next thing you know, she gets like a text message and she calms down. She's like okay, this is what I'm getting. And then she shows me, like, a picture of, like, it looked like a powder that was purple. I'm like, what the hell are you doing with that? She's like, yeah, I'm going to snort that. You know, this is all in Spanish she's saying that. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? And, like, by this time, we're already like, dude, oh, my God, man. So then we're in the middle of the hood in Colombia. And, like, we drive down the block, and they're, like, staring. And there's people at the corner just, like, staring and just, like, Dude, I was like, okay, I'm definitely getting set up to get freaking jacked. But um that's a really good tip there with traveling, right? Is uh if you can use Uber, use Uber. Yeah. Because there's some kind of liability, there's some kind of system that's tracking you. But uh yeah, so we go through the hood, she picks up whatever she's picking up and then Yeah, then she literally like Tells the taxi guy to go down like another two blocks. She hops out the car and that's it. That's the end of the story. She just dips. Yeah, dude. Oh, dude. When I said I was having anxiety, like like she's like screaming and yelling at me. And I don't know what the hell she's saying. I'm understanding like half of it. This is what makes the story a thousand times worse. So she hops out of the car and then I'm talking to the Uber driver. I'm like trying to translate on Google Translate. This guy all of a sudden starts speaking perfect English. Really? Yeah. So I'm like, dude, I was in a crazy situation where this chick is hitting me and going crazy, and we're driving through the hood. And you did not speak up at any yeah, point during like, this Yo, time. You're good. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> what? He's, no, he's like, no, no, no. I did that on purpose so that you know, if she was trying to try anything, I would have known what was going on. You know, you know, her knowing that I didn't speak English, I was like a good thing to keep in the back pocket. Yeah. 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 He goes in and in and in and in and in. Do you want another crazy story? I got yeah. like another two, right? Yeah, go on. Tell me another. All right, so here's another one, right? Um, this is when I almost get jumped by like Thailand uh, prostitutes, right? <laughs> what? what right uh so yeah like rented out a scooter uh i was with these uh two chicks that are from america and we're on the scooter all three of us were driving we're going crazy we're having fun you know crazy americans yeah and then um i go back to where we had to drop off the scooter and for some reason i don't know what i don't know what the heck happened i think um uh they were pissed that we kept honking on the scooter yeah so then all of a sudden these prostitutes they started coming up to us and they started like yelling at us and started going crazy and making this big scene and of course they start hitting me <laughs> bro you just seem like a punch <laughs> bag at this point like people are just <laughs> smacking you up i know i know <laughs> that's the thing with these coaches is that you know they hit men like that's just a norm there you know what oh. i mean it's not it's not a big deal you i'd be know? throwing
1: devilish mittens bro no, straight man. up like you're you've got willpower bro because if
2: some prostitute started doing that she's getting hit with a right cross <laughs> no straight you can't, can't do up, that man. in these countries man that's your your dude you can't do that in these countries
1: i'm so glad you're telling me this i like, know don't yeah. don't spark any bitches out while, you're, oh, while yeah. you're traveling
2: oh yeah for sure and then yeah they make a big scene and a whole bunch of people started coming up and they're not coming up just to watch the scene. Yeah. They're making sure that if I hit them back, they would all literally jump me. You can watch this on YouTube. Like, you know, um, American hits Thai woman or hits Thai guy. Or, yeah. Especially in their cultures, if you touch one of their people, they're all going to jump you. They're all going to beat the crap out of you. That's so, stress. Yeah. That was another story. Uh, I think that's all. Uh, I have quite a few. Oh, last one, last one, last one, last yeah, one. Yeah, go on. Right? Uh, Loving it, bungee jumping, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm like, all right, all right, I'm ready to, you know, do some adrenaline crazy stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, let's go bungee jumping. So we Google it, and this is when we we're in Um Phuket, which is mm-hmm. kind of like the Disneyland of Thailand, like yeah. that area. It's like Disneyland. That's like their their tourist area. So we look up bungee jumping and I'm like, okay, yeah, this looks good. Look at the Google reviews, look at the pictures, everything looks legit. Dude, I get there and it's like the most ghetto <laughs> They've got like elastic bands as the yeah. things. Like, oh fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was absolutely terrifying, man. And then um, you know, they make you sign like a twenty page liability waiver in a whole different language. You don't know what the hell you're reading. Oh that's just like, sign here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sign here. Sign here. Sign here. <laughs> and yeah dude it was it was absolutely crazy experience. you just signed away your kidney before you know it no seriously dude <laughs> what about you what would you say is your uh, your craziest i mean mine aren't like
1: reliant on other people compared to you like yours are like have happened because people have caused situations on you mine because i've put myself in dumb situations like i, I don't even to be fair like abroad. Scariest experiences have probably been with the police. Like, it's not even near death, but like, my scariest experiences probably were I went to Spain uh, to film my friend climb a building in Barcelona mm-hmm. and, um, Essentially, what happened is I was filming him from the bottom, taking photos, and the police just rushed me. Like they run over to me, they chased me down the street. I ran off. Like they literally, he run me over. Like on a moped, he ran me Dude. over. But like they took me into like this side alleyway. Like he run me over and then like dragged me and threw me on my head in this alleyway. And I was literally no laying. I thought I was about man. to get kicked the no shit out way. of. Like they had no batons way. out. I thought I was about to get absolutely taken out of the scene. And I was laying there like this is your time, bro. Like you're about to get beaten up. And the guy comes down this old this old man and goes. Bang! Hits me clean in the face, slaps me with a leather glove. I was pissed, man. I was so angry. Slaps me again. Don't ever run from me again! Shouting at me in Spanish, hitting me. You, like, this is Spain, this isn't England, you listen by my rules. Bang, bang, bang! <laughs> hitting me. I'm like, getting absolutely rasped by this man. And even his colleagues are going, like, stop, stop, stop. I like, can't do that. <laughs> I've never been more shook. Took all my SD cards. I lost all of my content from that month. The whole travelling month. No I lost way. every photo that I took. Everything.
2: Why do you take your SD card? Because
1: I filmed the guy. He that was, his, that was his point, is I was taking pictures of the guy, so he's allowed to take it as evidence. And then I went to the police station that evening to get it back, and they said, <laughs> like, you're not getting it back. Like, if you want it back, you've got to go to court in 10 days to get it back. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going to Barcelona in in uh, 10 days' time, and I'm actually going to go to the courts and see if I can get it back, see if I can get all my footage back. But realistically, they've deleted it. They've, they've probably thrown them in the bin. So, no way. But yeah, that's like one of the scary ones, man. Like, being completely helpless because they're the police. I can't yeah. do nothing. He has batons, guns. Yeah. I was laying there and just thought, you know what? My time. Just Rick. submitted. <laughs> just gave in. Like, if he started getting worse, I would have fucking lost my temper because like yeah. I can deal with slapping, but if he started beating me up, I'm standing up and just, mate, I'm throwing hands left, right and centre. But yeah, that and other climbing experiences, climbing wet cranes, uh, getting chased by certain like security, that's always scary, like, to a point because they've got guns out there, man. I don't want him to just be like...
2: Right take right. me
1: out of the scene but yeah that's probably mine to be fair like straight up but like i got a question for you actually like mm-hmm. if you if you like wanted to start traveling again and you've got a 16 year old person in front of you who's like wanting to do what you're doing from your experience and like from what you would do again if you could go back what would you change like what would you give them advice and what would you change about your own life if you was that age
2: i would definitely say um i would work more on financial freedom right mm-hmm. for example like if you were to invest in bitcoin at 16 like if I was like young Jay at sixteen, I'd be like, yo, there's a cryptocurrency called Bitcoin investing. I invest in crypto. Right, have you? Yeah. yeah, I invest in Nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah, we're both winning then. Nice. Yeah. Imagine if we got in that a dollar. Yeah,
1: imagine Bitcoin's worth like forty eight thousand right. dollars now.
2: It's ridiculous, man. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's I even just saw like this other um this other YouTube video where this guy he invested ten thousand dollars in Tesla in two thousand seventeen. <sighs> Multi millionaire right yeah, now, that's you know crazy, what I mean? Man. So I would say if I can go back uh, being 16, I would grind it out, man. You look I would, at
1: financial freedom methods. Man, yeah.
2: man, oh man, oh man. I was so brainwashed into the system of like, you know, uh, after high school, college, after college. Get yeah,
1: that's top. what I've jumped out of. That's the only thing that's different between me and you and that is that I got out of that early doors. I was woke to that straight up. I don't want to be in the rat race. So I don't want to live that life.
2: But yeah, sorry, Carol. Yeah, no, mad respect for sure um but uh yeah I would tell the 16 year old you know be focused man be focused on money man like straight up it sounds crazy but even if you have to work two jobs you know part two part-time jobs just work work yeah. and invest your money yeah definitely 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 get a you know an investment vehicle um in America we have like IRA roths um or even if you get into stocks or some other whatever just focus yeah. on your money and save straight up
1: Yeah, that's a good idea man No, that's
2: cool i like that well here's a question for you right Uh, i'm gonna do inverse right okay we're gonna do a flip-flop uh what would you tell you know your future self right let's say hypothetically speaking the route that you're going is the wrong route yeah where you know you start seeing your friends are becoming like ceos of these big companies they're all getting you know fabulously wealthy they're all doing really well in their chosen careers You know, do you think the version of you right now would tell your 30, 35, 40 year old self like, hey, go back, bro. You made the wrong turn. Like, do you think that's possible at all?
1: That's a good question. For me personally, like experience is way over finance for me. Like I would rather be homeless and poor traveling the world than rich and stable staying in one place. For me that's my that's my life like experience is something that i literally thrive on like it's literally the point of this podcast is you're gonna die one day like why would you focus on materialistic things when you could experience things and have the memories but in my eyes why not do both like i want to do both i want to earn a lot of money and i want to be able to experience things in the world and by doing that i intend to create assets and create passive incomes mm-hmm. and for me like the only thing i think if i could ever like take the wrong turn is if i perhaps take two like go into too many different things at once like i know that i need to select one or two things i need to work on hard and for me like i wish i had nine lives bro like i've got so many passions that i want to do but i know i can't do all of them at once mm-hmm. so maybe like if i could look at that like if i end up choosing all of the things maybe like focusing in on a few things would be advice i'd give to myself and really focus on one thing because like you can split your brain up and put your 25 percent power into this and 25 percent effort into that but if you put your hundred percent effort into one thing, you're almost guaranteed success as long as you are persistent and
2: consistent with it. Hey Amen, dude. Yeah, that's straight deep. up. Yeah, it's deep. What about uh settling down? Is that uh are you out of the rat race in terms of that? Are you out of the matrix when it comes to uh the whole settling down? Slightly,
1: yeah. Like I really disagree with the lifestyle of going to school, waking up, getting a job. Like getting educated, getting a job within a specific field, working five days a week, going to sleep, maybe have your weekends yourself and then come back and do this. I am so against that. It's something That's my worst fear in life, bro, is mm-hmm. straight up that like being uh, just being stuck in that, that matrix of things. And in doing that, I don't think that getting a mortgage and being in debt to the government for the rest of your life is what you want to do. Right. So for me, I want to own all my property straight up. Like, I want to own property. I want to be able to rent property out and basically have people pay for my my properties and for me like straight up like settlement isn't something i'm looking for straight away like don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong i would i would eventually want to have kids and have a a girl but i also intend to have a girl that lives a similar lifestyle to me and in that maybe i meet while traveling or do this or do that and um and like be able to have someone with me that kind of shares my values and obviously i'd like to settle down but like i don't want to be able to stay in one country for the rest of my life like eventually i know i'll have to have kids and the worst thing you can do to kids is make them travel around the world like with young doors like they need to have a stable life like as young kids mm-hmm. but I don't plan on having kids until I'm 30 at least mm-hmm. 30, 32 maybe like, I want to experience everything I want to travel every country in the world I want to do everything I can before I have kids and then I'm going to have that kid period between them growing between zero and 15 years old maybe Mm -hmm. even 10 and then when they're at that age like 10 years old Mm -hmm. then i'll start sharing my experience with them maybe take them to places and then i can relive my life again like i can then go into my retirement with loads of money and bringing my kids up with the same values that i grew up with and that's my personal view on it to be honest
2: right do you think this whole covid thing is ever going to end
1: Oh, mate, yeah, 100%. Like, I don't even want to get into the politics of COVID because I'll get stressed and I'll stop like, <laughs> spitting absolute bars into this mic. But yeah, of course it'll win. Like, there's no way they can sustain this for so long. Like, even in the end, like, nothing else works. They'd have to just let it happen. Like, and straight up, it would kill off everyone who would naturally die from it. And the people mm-hmm. who would build up an immunity to it would build up an immunity. Like, that's the way nature works. And like, I'm not saying they're going to do that, but eventually that's what would happen. Like, if, there's, if they've exhausted every other option on this planet to try and fight this virus the last thing they can do is just let people get herd immunized. And the way they do that is by letting it naturally occur. And that's obviously the least morally acceptable thing you'd like to do because it kills a lot of people. But in doing that, that's how you'd fight it inevitably. But let's just see how that one goes because I would waffle about it for an hour talking about COVID things. Right, take a look
2: at Sweden, right? Yeah. What would you say is your your number one travel tip then?
1: Oh, number one travel tip. For me personally, Mm oh, oh, um, my, right, I'd say find a way to have as little outgoings as possible, right? my The way I've been able to do what I do is by not anchoring myself to anything. Mm. I tell you what, bro, I have two Amen. bills. I have two or Amen. three bills. My Amen. car insurance, which yeah. isn't even necessary, but it's mm. because I do photography and stuff, so I need to travel a little bit. If I had the choice, wouldn't have a car. All I pay for is a, is a little bit of rent at home for my mum so she can pay the bills, my car mm-hmm. and my gym membership a, mm-hmm. and my phone and that's it. They're the only things I pay for. That comes up to like two, Dude, 280, 280, so 280 a month. Yeah. That's it. That's all I spend. And my income is, I'm not going to go into my incomings, but like are considerably more than 280 pound a month. Right. So like I've got this amount of income here mm-hmm. and this amount of outgoings. So this amount of income allows that, all of that goes into my life. Like that goes into everything I want to do. I can invest that where I want it. I can put that into here to make me more money. I can put it here to make me more money. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm working on at the moment. So what I'd say to you guys is, try and come to a point where you're not anchored by anything. Don't get things out on finance. Don't like don't oh Amen. finance cars are such so a stupid investment, man. Amen. Don't get things that are gonna depreciate value in your bank. You should be able to I well, you should be able to literally travel and do whatever you want and not have to worry about being at home, like having a job at home that makes you stuck at home. For example, Jay has a job here, he can work basically wherever he wants. He come from the US, he lives currently in the UK like and he's working and he's earning a decent amount of money so like you can do it you don't have to be stuck in one country so don't tie yourself down cut the anchor and be financially free best way i could say for traveling yeah, yeah straight, up. <laughs>
2: straight up what about you what's your top uh, top traveling tip? Oh man that's a loaded one right mm-hmm. uh, it's
1: like mine was like indirect slightly because it's not like a travel tip as such but that's like how to travel like how to become a traveler for me
2: right i would say um I would say do your research, man. And that's so contrary to how I really feel. Cause I'm a big advocate of like booking your ticket last minute. Yeah, I'm a big advocate of like, you know, just throwing whatever you have inside of a suitcase, you know, mm. and then kind of figuring out where you go. There's been times too where I go to a country and I didn't, I only had like one pair of shoes and I'm just like, I'll figure it out when I get yeah. there. But um, do your research in terms of like, like how would you fit culturally inside the country? Right. Like uh, my experience and, you know, Australia would be completely different than another person's experience, depending yeah. on, you know, yeah, I would say just do your research, man. Do your research. So you're not in Nicaragua and there's guys machetes. with machetes like banging down the bus at your That's just mom, one for right? safety,
1: isn't it, really? Like that's right. just how to keep alive, like right. straight up.
2: Right. Do some basic uh, research, man. And then even uh, even with Spain, right? I've even... You know, off the top of your head, you're like, oh, I'll go to Madrid. But then you've been you've been off the beaten path a little bit. Right. Yeah. So there's like a couple of provinces that are just amazing. Right. That are a lot better than like the commercial. Oh, Madrid. You got to go to Madrid. Yeah. If you take your time, you start looking on, you know, a lot of different travel forums and you watch YouTube videos, read the comments. You're going to find out so much more. Yeah. Much more. You're going to find out some really, really, really awesome tips some great resources etc so i'll say that's my number one travel tip is just do your research go on youtube yeah. look on travel forums do a lot of google searches you know really put in the time to make sure your trip is as awesome as possible right mm,
1: yeah that's a sick one straight up I, yeah I, honestly i reckon i'd uh actually say the same as well like you really need to look into things because like you might be paying for a trip to what you think sit you might go to magaluf or something right but you could be spending the same money to go spend like unreal amounts of like like with an indigenous tribe or something, like that's mm. so much better and better for your brain and body and soul than going to Magaluf to just fuck bare girls right. and like get off <laughs> your tits. Now like you're spending four bills on a trip to like Ibiza when you could be spending four bills to go to Thailand and spend a month there. Like you need to right. sort your priorities out for sure, right. straight up, man. But yeah, Facts. I'm pretty sure that's it. Like I think that's everything. Yeah, like yeah, it's been sick, man. It's honestly, it's been so sick. Appreciate yeah, you for man. coming on, but um. Yeah, thank you. thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate that. Like, I hope you guys have learned something from that because Jay is clearly very experienced in the traveling scene and obviously I've got my experiences as well. So I hope that got, that sort of helped you guys out as well. Um, have you got any closing statements?
2: Yeah, man. Let me put in a plug for you, right? Yeah, okay. this dude right here, man. It's it's freaking ridiculous, man. If I was 19 with half of the mindset this guy had, <laughs> it's, it's, it's seriously mind-blowing. Um, Cry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I highly recommend whatever... Uh, knowledge you guys are getting from his podcast and just, you know, his Instagram and his Snapchat, etc. Yeah, definitely take it serious. This guy is is a, a way ahead of the curve. This guy, I'm going to tell you guys what happens in the real world is just like he says, people, they go to college, they get a job. They get married. They have four or five kids, three kids, two kids, whatever. And then they wake up one day and they're 55 and they're like, crap, I'm going to die in like another 15, 20 years. Where the hell did my life go? And then they want to go back and start traveling and they want to go back. And it doesn't work like that. This guy, he had his midlife crisis already <laughs> he had his epiphany <laughs> moment already at, at freaking yeah. eight at, what did you say 16 yeah I, I started
1: like going around and like traveling the uk at like 16 17
2: right you already had that like it, you're, you're leaps and bounds ahead seriously yeah i appreciate that man no that's
1: sick thank you so much for that
2: do you want to plug your social media or anything yeah you could follow me at become kaizen kaizen which is like a japanese word for continuous self-improvement oh, sick. but uh yeah at become kaizen um and then yeah youtube is kaizen kings and uh yeah all at me, subscribe like comment all that yeah good do jazz. all of that
1: because he's a safe guy honestly we've got such similar values of everything so we'll do that but yeah thank you so much for listening i really appreciate it. i hope you have the best evening ever boom 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 thank you so much appreciate it
2: okay boom.